to the Red Voices podcast. I'm Rich. You may have noticed I'm not Ewan. Um, we're giving him a night off, which is pretty much his first night off since United won something last. Um, fortunately, the, the conquering hero, Paul, has returned again. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, so, yeah. Despite a cracked rib, which I'd love to say I, I, I got playing football and scoring a last minute winner, but I actually did it coughing, so yeah, <laughs> what a hero. <laughs> That's the sign of getting old, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Brittle bones. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, other than that, I'm good. Excellent. Uh, this is we, we, this is the first half of a two-part pod we're going to do. Um, we will record again after Brighton on Sunday, and then the pod will be out two or three days after that. Um, it's been three three matches since we last spoke, I think. Chelsea at home, Bournemouth away, and then Partizan tonight. And I guess has been the case with United for... Quite some time now. We can't. It's, it's been kind of from the sublime to the ridiculous and back to the relative sublime again. Um, do you want to start with the Chelsea game? Um, that was that was kind of a game I'd written off to a degree. Yeah, um, I, I, I assume we'd rotate quite heavily, and then um, you know Chelsea are in in a good patch of form. We just kind of lose that and concentrate on the on the the Premier League game, but it didn't really happen like that. Yeah, it was almost like we. Would, I think we said last time it was almost like a freebie if we had lost. It's like well, never really mind. Obviously, it's always great to win, and and I thought we played well. Mm. There was, uh, you know, I, I thought there were some real real positives. Brandon Williams again, just absolutely fantastic. Um, best left back at the club by far. Some of our forward play was good, um, and obviously the, the the free kick at the end from Rashford was absolutely stunning. But I think it was it was a pretty professional performance, and and towards the end, Chelsea were kind of limited to pot shots really. So I thought Solskjaer's game management was slightly better in that game. I think, uh, as quite often with United, we can be guilty of trying to play them at Busby Way when we haven't got the players to do it. But uh, overall, I mean, I Tom and I played well. I just said, uh, you know, it, it, it was it was a good win, good performance, and some and some really good individual performances as well. It's interesting that we went as strong as we did. Um, I, I kind of gave it some thought afterwards. I'd, I'd assumed to make a load of changes, but but then if you if you look at it, given the the, where we are in the league and the, the way the league season is going is possibly the easy, well, not the easiest, but the least, the route of least resistance to actually get in Europe next season. Yeah, um, which might have explained why um, Solskjaer took the risk on on playing some of his some of his better players. I think you're right. Brandon Brandon Williams was absolutely brilliant again. No, he's um, fantastic, isn't he? I presume he'll be playing at the weekend against Brighton with with Young suspended yeah. and. With young being old and terrible, oh, um, so bad and terrible now. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine there's a person in the country who, uh, or a United fan in the country, who wasn't swearing at the prospect of Marcus Rashford taking a free kick from 35 yards out. Um, you could hear the groans, couldn't you? Just like, why? It's that one, that one in 15 that you was waiting for. It's, uh, there's some discussion as to whether possibly better free kick than Ronaldo's against Portsmouth. Um, Very similar. They were. I mean, I suppose the the. the uh, the skill of Ronaldo's was to get it up and down yeah. so quickly with as much with as much power, whereas Rashford's just you know the ball moves so much in the air. He had plenty of plenty of distance, but you know to get it in a little uh, foot square postage stamp in the top corner from that distance was was incredible. That was amazing. And as you were saying, I don't think I don't think you kind of expected when when, when Chelsea equalised, you kind of thought that perhaps United had had, had their had their time, you know that. The, the tide had been turning in that second half. Yeah, we looked a bit ragged, didn't we, at that point? <clears throat> we we did, and I, I know we certainly have spoke to you, and I think we spoke in the last podcast a lot about uh, previously about um, Solskjaer's game management, and mm. I think it's still something that really concerns me 
going forward. But as you say, that was the one game. Every so often, he has a game where he does the right things. Yeah, and you think, you know, there is, there is, there is a, a sort of tactical brain in there. But it's just, it's just, I guess, harnessing that on a on a game to game basis. Yeah, he's very, um, very much learning on the job, isn't he? You can see it. That he's learning on the job, and even even that game, I thought, you know, you waited for them to equalise, and you could sort of see it coming. So there, you know, you could if you're going to be really brutal, you could argue that you should have made the changes sooner, but. At least he then did make the changes, and it, and it worked. Yeah, so obviously the, the draw for the um, the quarterfinals was two days later, and we got Colchester at home, which yeah. probably won't please the home fans who have to pay for another game. Mm. Um, another not exactly super desirable game, but in terms of progressing the competition, I think it's it's you know it's a it's a good a good tie for us because we can potentially make a few changes and, and actually and get through and concentrate on other competitions. Yeah, absolutely, and you know and. and... He has play, He is playing some of the younger players in this competition, as he is in the Europa League. And if we could could go on to win the trophy, then it's a great experience for them, um, as always. You know. So, and I, and all, I, I wanted to just speak about Rashford. And we will obviously be speaking about Rashford again um, after tonight's game. But I thought against Chelsea, he really looked quite mature. You know, because he's still very young, and you forget how young he is. He's been playing for so long, but he's really taken responsibility, and particularly given. They had a pretty poor start to the season, really. You know, sort of pre the England break, he was he was looking really in, in poor form, low confidence, and then since he's come back from that England break, he's, he's just looked like a different player altogether. I think you can tell, you can see that particularly it's, it's a real issue at United and has been for the last few years that <clears throat> that players who have got decent technical levels get. Dragged down yeah. by the the atmosphere and the, and the, the sort of failure that that the, the kind of envelops United in the last in the last few years yeah. and it's almost it's, it's almost like a disease, isn't it? It's Absolutely. catching. It's infectious. <clears throat> and, and when a player's been out of form for you know two or three months, a lot of fans often begin to mistake that poor form for poor ability. Yeah. With Rashford, that with England, he's a much better player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's easy it's easy to be a better player when you've got better players around you, but he he clearly he's he's even in Periods of poor form at United, he's gone away from the club into a, what is obviously a more positive environment. Yeah, and you can see the way it's lifted off him. And as you say, you can see now that that form's kind of turned. I think the return of Anthony Martial has been has been a big difference for him because because you know we went through that period and it's kind of culminated with the defeat at Newcastle where. It was essentially if Rashford didn't score, nobody was scoring. If Rashford didn't create something, nobody was creating anything. And he had one of his worst games I've seen him play for United. I think really he was, he was abysmal, wasn't he? He was, but then absolutely everybody else. Yeah, was, exactly. Was yeah, utterly isolated up, yeah. up front. But then you see as soon as, as soon as Martial came back and he was able to be shifted to the left again, he was, you know, Norwich particularly just a completely different player. He's just and I think so much more effective from the left, isn't he? He is. He, he's not a finisher. I mean, we'll talk about it tonight again, but he could have had three or four minimum yeah. tonight. Um, and again, didn't, but but then scored an absolute cracker. And I, I wonder if he'll kind of be. I, I, it's, it's not really fair to compare him to someone like Mark Hughes, but a, but a, but a, a score of great goals yeah. rather than a great goal scorer. And that's the, that's the challenge for him, I guess, is to 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 translate that ability to to score really fantastic goals and actually just score the ugly ones as well and, and get over 20, 25 goals a season. Yeah, which is obviously exactly what Solskjaer what has been harping on about all season, really. You've got to score those scrappy ones as well if you want to be a centre-forward. Let's move on to Bournemouth. And I guess yeah. we went into that game on, on, on the back of a period of greater confidence than we've had for quite a long time. On a high, um, Rich. We were on a, we were on a, 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 on a high, on a roll. 
We were. And then uh, the first, I would have said the first 20, 25 minutes, it reminded me a bit of the game of Southampton as well um, earlier in the season in that United were clearly the better team early on, getting into really good positions, transitioning the ball fast, but not really having that bit of quality in the in the final third to, to make anything of it. And you, my, my heart kind of sinks when that happens, when mm. we don't take advantage, because you know that you know that the tide is probably going to turn at some point and if we haven't if we haven't really taken advantage of that period of sort of dominance then um then we we probably aren't going to win the game given that we have real trouble keeping clean sheets yeah and, and, and oppositions they always get at least one period where they where they're on top don't they and and united are so brittle that you know if we, if they do score from those those periods of of pressure you know, confidence goes down, heads go down. I mean, I, I agree with you. I thought, I thought we, we played pretty well for the first 25 minutes or so. But we just snap at chances, don't we? Mm. You know, we, we're just not that composed still. And even even on the back of a, a you know a relatively decent run of form and scoring a few goals, we're still snapping at chances. And I thought we looked a bit tired as well. And I think this is part of the problem. with, with yeah. We've got such a thin squad that we need our, our best players to be playing at like sort of ten out, 9, 10 out of 10 every week. And they can't do that, and they're having to do that because the players around them aren't good enough to sort mm. of take take up the slack kind of thing, even against teams like Bournemouth. So we just looked tired, we looked a bit ragged, and and, and again, game management, he just didn't make his changes quickly enough. I think one of, the, one of the frustrations with that, again, is that we've played another team who aren't especially good or haven't been in especially good form. I think Bournemouth had won one of the last ten games. Yeah. And they didn't score a goal in the whole of October. Yeah, and it was you know essentially we, we essentially gave them a goal. I mean we you know it, it was awful. quite almost lit, literal assist from um, Wan Bissaka, but but the, the United back three just or, or the the three that were back just really standing still. Um, and and King just had a relatively simple finish, and it, you, your heart really sort of drops then because you you, just, you struggle to see United. Finding a way back into the game after yeah. that, and the real I think the real frustration second half really declined quite significantly. But we lost again to a team that didn't even play that well. Yeah, absolutely, and and we we, we do struggle. We've said it before. We will say it again. We do struggle against these teams that sit back and are compact, and and that pitch is very tight. The ground's very tight. Mm. Poor conditions, all that stuff. But the but the the best teams clearly they find a way, don't they? You know, you yeah. look at Liverpool over the weekend and City. They find a way, and United used to find a way against Bournemouth. When, when Solskjaer made the changes too late, there was a, a moment where I thought, you know what, actually we could do this. We could at least get an equaliser here, which I've never really thought for a long time. But you're never convinced, you know. We, we, we just haven't. We don't have that self belief anymore, and the, and obviously oppositions as well don't have that fear that they used to have about United. Well, you know, the the, the board goes up and there's four minutes injury time, or whatever. The opposition's not thinking, oh shit, we're in trouble here. They're thinking, well, you know, all we need to do is close ranks, soak up the pressure, because these guys aren't going to cut through us. It's going to have to take a wonder goal or whatever. I think, um, if look back on that second half, there's only really Greenwood's shot that hit the post that was yeah. even a realistic scoring chance. And You look at United's midfield, and it's a, it's an issue we all recognise, but there just is no, there's no creative quality no, there without, <clears throat> without Pogba. I mean, I, people have been talking about how well Scott McTominay has been playing, and I absolutely agree that he has. He's improved massively, mm. and he's he's a guy who's got 
exceptional work rate. Yeah. Who's I think his game intelligence has improved yeah. significantly this this season. But he's not that creative hub though, is he? He's not, that's not his game. He's not. But the problem we have is that where whereas previously we had a Michael Carrick kind of playing in in a sort of sitting role, he didn't play in the same style that McTominay does. But he just had quality on the ball to just keep the ball moving and to yeah. to, to play the right pass. And I think we saw again tonight, and obviously with Fred as well, yeah. another one who's been incredibly hit and miss. We saw again tonight against Partizan that. The, on the ball, McTominay struggles to 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 really be incisive with his passing, and and he's a guy that I think's got definitely got a role at the club and definitely got a role in the team. But if you're going to have a kind of Fred McTominay midfield, you're going to struggle to create. And if your if your only other potential midfield creative element is Andres Pereira, uh, then you're going to have problems. Because yeah, I think of course. You know, I don't think I don't think anybody expected Pereira to you know to be a, a really top class player this season, but he's looking like a guy who's possibly out of his depth no, in the Premier League altogether. Depth. Yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. He just gives the ball away so much, and, and I th- there's a part of me that thinks he sort of believe, he's believed that his own hype in a way. It's a shame because I saw him quite a lot when he was playing on loan at Granada, and they had an absolutely terrible team. But he was by far their best player, and actually had a really strong season. Mm. Then he went off to Valencia and and. Although he played a bit, he didn't really kick on, and it's just—it's a shame to see now that he's really stagnated to the point where he's—he's he's one of so many United players where you think there was obviously something there in the first place, but he—but he—but he needs to get away and go somewhere else and almost just start again. Yeah, try and try and kind of refine himself again. I was—you almost look at him and think that someone like like um, like Norwood, who never really didn't didn't get a breakthrough with the United first team, but he went away and kind of developed his game. Um, in the lower divisions, mm. and now he's now he's a Premier League player and and really doing doing pretty well. Yeah. Kind of feel like Pereira needs to take a few steps back. Yeah, definitely to go f- to go forward again. But as you say, without Pogba in the team, we, we really really struggled to create, and we just didn't ever really look like we were going to get back into that game. No. But then we played Partizan tonight, who I think we probably both accept are, are really not a very good football team at all. No. But we've played a few really not very good football teams quite uh, quite recently, and and not been exceptional against them but I would say probably the first half we saw tonight was the best half of football we've seen in a, a very long time probably probably getting on back to March yeah. every time I'd agree with that I think it was the most accomplished sort of uh, in terms of in terms of style of football quickness uh, you know speed of thought passing accuracy all, all the, the, the boxes you want ticking really I mean the defence had very little to do so you can almost count them out a bit, but going forward, we look fantastic. And again, I thought Rashford played well. Lovely goals, a huge, huge positive. Every time I see him, I just get more and more excited. As Mason Greenwood, he just looks like he got it all, doesn't he? He does. I think what was what was really noticeable about that goal and and Martial's as well. Just Martial in general, is obviously with Rashford up front, you accept he's going to miss a few chances, and he could could have probably scored another three tonight. Yeah. But you, you can see with Martial. And and with Greenwood as well, you can see that the Greenwood is just a is pure finisher. Yeah, he's instinctive and, and technical. You know, he's got real skill. And he doesn't snatch. Doesn't snatch his chances. You know, you saw the, in the first half, um, Rashford really sort of flailed his right foot at two and put one just past the post. So he really he could have controlled it and, and scored. And then another one that you put into into the stands. But Greenwood just needed his one chance, and to you know gave the gave the keeper the eyes and, and sent him yeah. the wrong way. And you can see that, it's that just, poise, isn't it? It is, yeah. And you could see he's probably the best finisher at the he club. He is a real natural finisher. I mean, he's, he, but but then he's also obviously worked on his game over the years. 
to sort because you know, I don't know if that poise comes naturally. I guess it partly does, but um, I think it's Daniel Harris on Twitter tonight mentioned it. You know, it's a real goal scorer's finish. That you know, I think it's like it's it's not being phased, isn't it, by any situation? I mean, you saw, we saw in the Astana game really two contrasting um, <clears throat> performances. You had Greenwood who who was was really solid and ultimately scored a really really high class winning yeah. goal. And you saw you saw Chong on on the on the left, who really looked terribly yeah, out of his really depth and, and not 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 ready for that that stage at all. And it's taken him a few games back in the under twenty threes and in, in the under twenty ones in the um, football league trophy to really kind of refine himself again. And you've got the difference between a guy who, as a footballer, is clearly very mature for an eighteen year old and one who has still got a you know, real rough time and got a lot of work to do on the psychological side as well as the as the technical side. Um, and then the second goal, we obviously saw uh, what we've been missing from Anthony Martial. Oh man, what a first touch! Well, uh, and a, th- a second and third. I mean, you know, it was it was a it was beautiful to see. I remember his debut goal against Liverpool, and it was um, it was that kind of quick feet, lovely control, uh, cool finish, and it was just like that again tonight. And obviously against poor defenders again must say and again Mason Greenwood did well to, to win the ball back but yeah what a finish and Martial when he's when he's in that kind of mood is such a good player and against Bournemouth he was pretty quiet I mean again a better opposition but still not great but yeah just a lovely 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 first touch and and after watching Lukaku, the bounce the ball bounce off Lukaku all season last season, what a difference! Yeah, when he got the ball, it stuck to him, didn't it? it was one of the enormous frustrations watching United in the last year or eighteen months has, has just been the way that it just comes back back at us all the time. Um, and given that we're not capable of controlling games in midfield, actually holding the ball up and keeping it in the in the final third is so rare to see these days, isn't it? United. It is, and he makes he makes such a lot of difference. And I think I think that front three, they all obviously all scored a goal, but but it was also just the quality and the speed of the movement. And and you and after that second goal, you saw that you saw a degree of confidence in United's play that I don't think we've seen for for nine or ten months. You know, they started starting to try the flicks. There was this, the tempo tempo to the passing again. First time passing, people trying things that they wouldn't necessarily have tried when they're think overthinking it too much. I can't remember the last time he looked like United were really enjoying playing a game of football. Yeah, and he, and he sort of wanted um, to go on and just run up a cricket score, didn't he? Just just for the confidence more than anything else, and get a few mm. a few goals. And I can see why, you know, there's no point really in a way you sort of take the foot off the gas and, and don't risk any injuries and stuff. But it was so refreshing to see that them in that kind of mood. We just need to transfer that to the Premier League, you know, and, and it's, it's so frustrating that it's it's kind of... We'll, have, we'll 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 play well and we'll get a result, or maybe even two results in a row, and then again I think because of the thin thinness of the squad, we just can't keep up that intensity. I think um, third goal obviously from Rashford in the in the in the second half, and I think it was important for him after those misses in the first half to actually to actually get a goal, and it was a really good finish as well. And so Solskjaer was in in a position where he could take him off, you know, and he can come off with some with some confidence to take forward. At the yeah. weekend, oh, it was a really, it was a fantastic um, finish, wasn't it? A lovely little touch from Ashley Young as well. It was, and I, I, I can't remember. I think I was saying a couple of weeks ago that I, it was very rare these days that I kind of make that sort of guttural animal. Yeah. Wow, what have I just seen? Seen noise when United score a goal, but we've had had two of them tonight, which is just really nice going forward. The thing that concerns me again is that at the moment, every time United seem to take a 
a step or two forward, they they take one back again. And obviously we've got got we've had four four away games in a row. Now we've we've got these two home games. We've one tonight and then the one against Brighton on um, Sunday. And you've got to think that that's really a game we need to be winning. We um, do really. Where are we now? Are we tenth, twelfth, twelfth or tenth? I think tenth. <clears throat> I could be wrong. I think we're tenth. We're still. At this. What concerns me is that realistically, I can't see us moving up the table too far, um, given what we've got and, and given the, the, our form this season. And I just keep having a glance behind us. And you know, this is the kind of game that if we win it, it really gives us a nice cushion and, and can push us li- literally in the table and in confidence-wise. You know, forward from from now, but if we don't win it, you can see all the confidence from tonight being drawn out of the of the team again. It's almost like it, it, it's pretty. It, it doesn't take a genius to work out how to play against United either. And you know, if you, you Liverpool's and Cities and teams like that are not going to come to, are not going to play United and, and sit back because why they don't need to. But all these sort of um, relatively smaller teams like Brighton, Bournemouth. That's all they kind of need to do, really. Unless we can take the confidence from from performance like tonight, Rashford and Martial, and whether it's Greenwood or James or whoever, can can bring that kind of um, link-up play into a game like that. It's just too easy for opposition to sit back and soak up the pressure. Do you think it was dangerous playing such a strong team tonight, given that we possibly could have won that game less of our first choice players on the pitch, given that there is that... That tiredness factor. Yeah, and I, th- and I think there are certain players you can see are just like quite clearly tired. So like McTominay looks tired, Fred looks tired. Martial's obviously been out injured, so I, I think I can see where you're coming from, and, and it probably in a way we could argue it either way, couldn't you? Because yeah, you, you know you, you almost want to play your, your way back into confidence if players are sat on the bench because if we had played a weaker team and it had been like a scrappy one nil or whatever, like it was against Astana, then. You know, suddenly the fans are getting on people's backs again, and whereas this is all right, so it's not again not great opposition, but it's still a, a, a confidence boosting performance. So I don't know. I mean, it depends how we play on Sunday, doesn't it? You know, if we, if we look lethargic, yeah, and, and then you think, then you say, well, Solskjaer, what an idiot! If we if we score, you know, two, three, four goals, then he's a genius. I guess again that he possibly argue that, that the Europa League is a, is a, another route back into Europe next season that we probably or possibly won't have in the Yeah, again. and it doesn't so, look particularly strong. Um, I mean, it's never, like, obviously as strong as Champions League, but it, it, it looks, I don't know, just, it, it's a kind of a weak feel to the Europa League this season from what I've, the little I've seen. So, it's, you know, we've got a decent chance. We might as well go for it. It all changes, doesn't it, when the, uh, when the yeah, of course. teams drop in and the, the whole the whole context of the, the it's such a weird changes, tournament you, isn't it it is but I suppose I guess you know as as things are it, it's hard to see United actually managing to string enough games together mm-hmm. to win it but I guess if we if we can strengthen to some degree in, in January um, there is the potential for us to well yeah it's, it's, it's enormous <laughs> isn't it yeah <laughs> but um, yeah so how, how do you feel about the game on on Sunday? Uh, well, I'm going to be there. Oh, God, I don't know. It depends which United turn up. I mean, I, you know, I'd like to think we're at, ho- at home. I always tend to predict United are going to win whoever we're playing. I can't, it's just habit. Um, but I think we actually will. We should, and I think we will. No, I, should, I think I'm, I'm going to say 2 0 to United. I mean, Ashley Young's suspended, so perhaps we'll get to 3 0. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 
probably get to see, um, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, get to see Brandon Williams at, at left back again. Uh, you know, we're both in agreement that I think he's he's a, even now a cut above the the alternative <laughs> that that's, that's fit at the moment. I actually, and I genuinely think that Marcus Rocco is better than either Ashley Young or Luke Shaw at left back as well. And I think he's better than Lindelof mm-hmm. at centre back. I, re- I mean, I, yeah. I've, I've got a soft spot for Rocco. I think I said to you on Twitter, I've got a soft spot for Rocco. He's a, he's a hard bastard, which I love. I don't, I don't really trust Lindelof. He's, he's on a poor season. But yeah, so I'd, I'd play Rocco above Young, or and well, or if he's a centre back, then Lindelof. Would you? Uh, you'd start Rocco with him again, then with Maguire again, then? Yeah, I would on, on, if, on Sunday. Assuming, assuming that, plans um, to be still injured, which yeah. you know he's not going to be match fit, is he? So yeah, I would do. 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you on Lindelof. I think um, I've got to the point where I think he improved last season, but he just seems to have regressed back to <clears throat> to the point he was at. And I I just I don't I, don't, I can't see what his outstanding quality. No, exactly. He's not, he's not strong. He's not he's not good enough on the ball that you can say well his defensive yeah. attributes don't matter as much. He's not lightning he, quick, is he? He's not lightning quick, and he's not. He, he just doesn't seem to be aware of what's around him half the time. Doesn't read the game very well at all. He doesn't, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of of Rocco at centre back, but I would absolutely play. I'd, I'd almost play Jones over Lindelof yeah. these days. Yeah, at least that kind of helter skelter defending is is almost more reliable than you. You know, Lindelof's just not not going to be there physically yeah. when you need it. Would you but, play? Um, would you play? Uh, well, three at the back. On Sunday, because he didn't do that against Bournemouth, did he? I didn't, and I, I, I sort of I wonder whether with Solskjaer whether some of it might be well, we're United, so we can't line up against these smaller teams playing, you know, with wing backs and three at the back and whatnot. Yeah. Whereas he actually, think, if you find something that works with the players we've got at the moment, I don't know. I think maybe just stick with it. I think part of the problem we've got, if we if we want to play four three three, is that we don't we don't have a right winger yeah. somebody who's very effective on the right wing you know James is twice the player on the left I think yeah he is and yeah. If, you, if you put him on the right you've got you've got work rate you've got you've got a guy who could make something happen but he's not going to be a goal threat yeah um, and and so to a degree you you nullify him whereas even tonight if you if you have Greenwood on that side you've got a guy who who's very technically skillful can mm-hmm. go both ways and, and he's got a left foot that he can cut inside and, and actually have, you know, score from as well. Whereas, obviously, if you go for the, the three at the back with win backs, you negate the need for a right winger, and yeah. you can, you, and particularly with Williams as well. You know, he's he's so effective driving forward. No, he is. Um, you still got questions about him defensively because he hasn't he hasn't really been asked to play a, a really defensive role. <clears throat> I guess the, the question is on the other side is Wan Bissaka good enough going forward at the moment to actually provide enough on that on that wing. Wan Bissaka going forward, yeah, he's. Uh... I mean, he's such a good defender, but yeah, going forward, I mean, his final ball can be quite poor. And I love Daniel James, but if you've got him, both of them on the right, Daniel James again, like you say, he's a willing runner. He's, he's and, and his final ball can sometimes I don't know if he, he sometimes sort of runs out of energy or if he's getting a bit mm. battered by by the, the defenders or whatever because he's obviously needs to strengthen up. Then suddenly that going forward, the right hand side on the hole just looks quite weak, mm. even if defensively it looks quite strong because. You know, you got you got obviously Wan Bissaka with his defensive skills, and and Daniel James, who can, I've never seen anyone get up and down that line as much as as him. It's unbelievable. I tell you, what's interesting. I was I was listening to the um, the transfer window podcast in the summer, and um, Duncan Castle was saying that he'd spoken to a scout about about James. Yeah, and and the suggestion was that he would find it difficult playing, particularly on the right wing against mm. kind of compact defenses, because because he relies so much on his pace. 
to get past people. If you're not playing counter-attack, then you lose a lot of what he offers. But but he the, the scout surprised him in saying that he thought that James could be a really effective right wing-back. Okay. At, at home for United, because obviously he's got the work rate there already. Yeah. Um, he's got the energy, and and it, and by playing slightly deeper, it gives him the space on the pitch to actually accelerate and get. Because that's what he often does, isn't it? He sort of just knocks the ball past his his man, and then just legs it. Exactly, and it, it draws the the him playing further back draws the full the opposition fullback yeah. up the pitch, which creates space behind him, which makes space for him to go down. Yeah, but I, I guess I guess when you've got Wan Bissaka, some people have suggested that perhaps if we played a three, you could play Wan Bissaka as the third. Centre back. I don't know if that's. I haven't really thought about him in in, in the air really, but they're all ideas. I, I, I guess that I guess that it, it shows you kind of where United are at the moment. That we we don't really exact. We don't really know what our best formation is. We don't know what some what the best position is for some of our players. The question is, are we evolving or are we are we kind of just <clears throat> stuck in a rut? And we've, we I guess we've won four out of uh, four out of five games now. So you could suggest that that's a that's progress. That's, <clears throat> and I guess if we win win again at the weekend, then we. You know, results have definitely taken an upturn, but yeah. um, it's going to be interesting. Interesting to see how we go up till Christmas. Yeah, I think that, right. that that's the point, isn't it? Christmas. That's the point where we where we can sort of look and reflect and go right. Where are we? Because right now, you're right. I don't. I don't know where we are. Do you think if this continues, this this kind of win some lose some continues into the new year, that that, that United will retain trust in Oli? Or... Yeah, I do, and, yeah. and I also think they should because. I mean, it's probably you know we're probably running out of time really to get into the big discussion about Ollie. But the way I look at it is, is even Ollie himself said, "Look, this is going to be a work in progress. It's going to take time. There's going to be a few, you know, ups and downs." I mean, earlier in the season, that Newcastle game and West Ham and all the rest of it, bloody awful, and everyone's thinking mm-hmm. this is just a joke. We got you know this is not working. But I, I, I've seen some signs of progress, and and like we said earlier, part of the problem is that Ollie himself is learning on the job. Yeah, I think I think the board and also Edward would is if he if he sacks another manager, what does it say about him? You know, and I don't know, maybe he's untouchable. But yeah, I think they probably will stick with him if it carries on like this. If we have another really big slump or whatever, then no, they'll have to get rid. I think you're right. I think Woodward's stake such a lot on this cultural reboot in inverted yeah. commas, which is an enormously bullshit phrase. That unless we're really not like him, that is it? To, to no, it's not, not at all. I mean, you say you say that to sack Oli would really kind of be damning on his reputation, but ultimately he hasn't really got I, one. Not, he? he hasn't really got one anyway, and he doesn't seem to have a great deal of shame or self reflection in him. So you never know. But I think you're right. I, I can see that United will persist with Oli as long as they possibly can. Um, and kind of hope that we we can muddle through till the summer and 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 see where we are then. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Sunday is the next part on on his revival. Let's hope so. Paul, let me hit you with a stat. This is the first time in 13 months that United go into an uh, international break uh, on the back of a victory. How weird does that feel? That's unbelievable. What an amazing start. I know, I know. It took about five minutes of checking through our results from the last 18 months to make sure I wasn't completely yeah, bullshitting. It's crazy. But yeah, the last time that United came through from international break with a win was when we came back from 2-0 down against Newcastle and a certain Alexis Sanchez got a very, very late header. I don't know who that is, but yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, nice. But and and very what smooth. a contrast to to the last international break as well when we lost, obviously lost to Newcastle and it was... One of the worst performances in recent memory, really. Terrible mm. performance, awful result, and it's just like a real dark cloud hanging over the club for those what two weeks or whatever it was. 
And now we mm. go into this feeling pretty positive, actually. Certainly from my point of view, anyway. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you know, I think you look at the last sort of bunch of fixtures. You know, you and Rich covered uh, the last several games previously. And I think the one that really sticks out from the slashbacks of uh, fixtures is really that Bournemouth game, isn't it? Just as being the outlier where, you know, the only game where we didn't score a goal, the only game where we didn't really put a team under a concerted amount of pressure and the one where we really shot ourselves in the foot you know I think you know you guys covered the previous games and I'm assuming you covered them quite well I haven't listened back to the <laughs> edit yet but I'm assuming you did a good job with yeah, that let's, let's, let's go with but that yeah I mean you, you were actually at Old Trafford <laughs> yesterday yeah good good yeah I mean you are actually at yeah. Old Trafford yesterday so you can tell me a bit more about what the game was like I mean going into it I think we're all feeling a little bit like this could be a big potential banana skin. Yeah, really. well, it's, it's just the, the sort of game that we that we tend to to lose, not maybe not lose, but struggle in. Yes, yes, if we do tend to lose it. <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't know, and you can sort of you can sort of tell that on on the walk up to Old Trafford. You know, there wasn't you know it wasn't like a vibrant atmosphere or anything. There was a few nerves, I think, in the crowd. Obviously, it was Remembrance Sunday as well, so there was a minute silence, so everyone's feeling a little bit somber. But we started pretty well, and um, and I think not only the team but the crowd as well settled pretty quickly because we were playing well. We looked pretty pacey and vibrant and and up for it. Whereas against Bournemouth, we just looked lethargic and you know tired and short of ideas. So it was a real and it's nice as well. I mean, we are better at home. Uh, we know that, but it's nice to obviously score a few goals. And we looked we looked like we could we could pretty much score at will if we could finish it. Because we were creating chances almost every time we went forward. Which is rare. Which is extremely rare. For us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the big thing for us going into that game after Partizan, which was, you know, obviously it was quite a fun evening's work, which is surprisingly fun evening's work, but obviously after Bournemouth, you were just wondering, well, which United is going to show up? And what what's the opposition going to allow us to do? Are they going to play a similar way to Norwich and essentially be quite open and try and catch us out and basically get punished for it. And that's kind of how it went. You know, I think Rich mentioned this when he was talking about the the way that Brighton played yesterday in comparison with that game against Norwich. I don't necessarily think that managers are looking at the last several months or last year plus of United and thinking, well, there's only one way to play against them. You just sort of stay compact and then hit them on the break Mm. and you'll get the rewards. I think Graham Potter's got enough tactical nous to suggest that he was trying to play United a different way, but it definitely didn't work. No, not in the slightest. No, and I think it did help as well that all of our sort of most creative players on the pitch yesterday turned up. And I think we've been saying for a while, really, that if if our if our best players do turn up all at the same time, we can give any team problems really because the pace, the the skill of the likes of Rashford, Martial, James going forward. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. You know, it, Brighton didn't just sit back and sort of try to soak up pressure. I just don't think they could live with th- that front three, and obviously with the solid base behind them of um, McTominay and Fred and, and the defence, which has been pretty settled. And particularly Brandon Williams, I think he made a huge difference down that left-hand side. Because compared to Ashley Young, he's just he's so quick, he's he's aggressive, he takes the game to to his opponents, and he's also good defensively. I was really impressed with him. I mean, I guess in this chunk of games, there's been a number of standout performers. You know, you mentioned Fred there. I mean, he's been I good, haven't yeah. necessarily. Yeah, how was he yesterday? Because I, I missed a, about a half of the game yesterday, so I'm relying on memories of the first half and 
uh, images of that rather tasty Rashford goal towards the yeah. end. But yeah, there were there was a lot of encouraging words on Freud, which I found maybe not completely surprising, but uh, enjoyable. Yeah. I'm not really sure of the term to be I, honest. I think we all wanted to do obviously, obviously we all wanted to do well because he's a United player. But I think particularly because he... Well, partly because he spent 50 million yeah, pounds Yeah, exactly. And the, the price tag... And also because he has struggled so much and and probably taken his fair share of abuse, really, certainly online. Um, so to see him do well, and he and I think he, he he's been pretty steady for for a few weeks now, really. Um, other than that Bournemouth game, um, but yeah, he was good. You know, he was tidy. He was he was he was um, decent on the ball, making some decent interceptions and stuff. I don't. I'm, I'm still not 100 percent convinced that he's really. You know, top quality—the sort of player who's going to get into any top side in Europe. Could he be a squad player going forward if we get someone better than him? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I think the jury's still out, but it was great to see him play well, and it should do. And he, he looks to me like a real confidence player. And obviously, with, he's had he's had real problems since coming to the, to the team, but the, to the club. But then, you know, he came, when he came, he, he came into a club that was all over the show, didn't he? Really, under a manager who didn't. You know, just, he wasn't instilling confidence in anyone, um, and it's for the first time mm. he's really had a decent run of games as well. So, I don't know. The jury's out, but fingers crossed. If he can carry on improving, then you never know. I mean, I guess the interesting thing with Fred in particular is, you know, if we're talking about him being a squad player, and we're also very, very close to the January transfer window now, where you know there, there's a good level of expectation that Nemanja Matic might actually be leaving Imagine. us. We need a midfield, dude. I mean, yeah. we've got Pogba, McTominay, Pereira and Fred. You know, yeah. we've lost Torreira, we've lost Fellaini, we're potentially losing Matic. And whilst, you know, I mean, the only one that you would be loath to lose to a certain extent of those three was Herrera, really, yeah. from my perspective. Yeah. Obviously, I know Fellaini had his uses, but uh, they weren't necessarily particularly consistently useful uses no. um well I, I, that's a whole other conversation yeah. but essentially what i'm getting at is these the, are still players he... away either really he clearly wouldn't get into a social team for laney no not not the starting 11 now and i think the interesting thing is for a lot of these players is that obviously apart from matic over the last several months these are still players who played quite a lot for the club and the team yeah. and you need to replace those minutes and, absolutely you know we have given more time to McTominay, Pereira and Fred but you still need a bit more behind them you know we do still need another player or so yeah because we're only ever one or two injuries away from catastrophe aren't we really yeah I mean I'm moving away a little bit from the actual game itself but that's fine because this is our podcast and we can do what we want because <laughs> we're big boys absolutely uh, but yeah, yeah the interesting thing coming into next month nine games and obviously getting that victory over Partizan was useful because it meant qualification for you know the last 32 of the Europa League is already assured obviously now there's no pressure really on the games uh, against Astana and Alkmaar so that means that Solskjaer's got a bit of time and uh, opportunity to sort of tink around with the team yeah. and see what works you know you wouldn't expect a lot of established uh, starting 11 first teamers to actually make the trip over to Kazakhstan for that Astana tie which is essentially a dead rubber so I guess there's a couple of games here and there where you could imagine that we could uh, change things around a little bit and give the likes of Mason Greenwood or Chong or Gomez a start here and there but yeah it is really going to stretch the squad this next month and obviously Pogba hopefully coming back over the next couple of weeks early December that could make a big difference you know Luke Shaw coming back in as you mentioned there Brandon Williams you know who knows if Luke Shaw could you know over the next couple of weeks be considered a guaranteed starter if Williams keeps I honestly think he's, he's he's gone way down the pack I'd, honestly I would rather play Rocco at left back than Luke Shaw I just don't think he really offers anything anymore my mouth was full of water then <laughs> I was very dramatically considering spitting it out Genuinely, Are you kidding no, me? I really don't think Luke Shaw is anywhere near the level we need. 
Whereas Rocco, at least he's, he's aggressive and he gives it, he, like he gives it his all. And uh, seriously, I'm being serious. Well, okay, okay. I mean, do you remember the second season of Louis Van Gaal's reign where Marcus Rocco was playing at left back and had what could only be considered shitter after shitter after shitter, right? <laughs> oh no, I completely you remember those dark wiped days, right? That season out of my mind. So thanks for bringing it back. That's fine. That's all right. This is what I do. I mean, I just want to pull you right back down to earth with a big old bump. So because if I have to remember it, you have to remember it. Right, but it, but either way, it doesn't really matter because as long as Brandon Williams stays fit, he's now the best left back there's ever been. So <laughs> Fair first enough. name of the team sheet. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. <laughs> anyway, goals. We yeah. scored three of them yesterday. Did concede one, but we got two of them very quickly. Uh, we'll come back to the magnificence of us actually scoring a goal from a goddamn set piece for the first time in 12 Imagine, years. Yeah. yeah. Andreas Pereira, he's someone that I've... Uh, wanted to be good at United for some time yeah. and whilst I wasn't necessarily impressed with a lot of what he did in that first half he has been working very hard lately and got himself a deflected goal but still a goal to open the scoring what do you reckon um yeah I agree with you he's definitely improved recently um <clears throat> he needed to because he is early season form was absolutely abysmal then again I, I mean he was playing out of position he's, he's definitely not a winger oh no but yeah number 10 he's, he's done he's done reasonably well recently the, as for the goal it's actually nice to a, a couple of things really nice to, to have uh, goals coming from players other than our strikers so McTominay's getting a, a few at the moment obviously Pereira's got one and it's also nice to score the occasional scruffy goal and obviously Pereira's was scruffy and then McTominay's was scruffy too because you can't score worldies every single time. You've got to score these like a few shitty little tappings and deflected shots and stuff. So, yeah, pretty good. I, I enjoyed, I, you know, I enjoyed scoring scruffy goals yesterday. Yeah, me too. I mean, admittedly, we did get a bit lucky with the second one, which was it went down as a proper. Uh, <laughs> that's not proper. That's the actual name of the player. I think I could be wrong. It's got an umlaut over the O, so it could be proper. But still, it goes down as an oggy, unfortunately. Right. So Scott McTominay did not get on the score oh, sheet. I in the didn't end. see that. But, at the beginning of the game. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Uh, still, you know, he he was closest to it. So it's a set piece, Paul. I know. Amazing. I don't. What, I mean, you said the start about the, uh, going into international breaks with a win. Do you have any idea when the last time we scored from a set piece was? Nineties, uh, eighties. I mean, dude. I mean, I don't think I had kids at that point. <laughs> no, it's unbelievable, though, isn't it? But you know, oh, we all I, thought as well. I think when we when we bought Maguire, oh, there we go. We're going to be scoring from corners like every get week. On the end of a corner, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's been really disappointing in that respect, but. Yeah, score from a set piece. Maybe, maybe this is this is the one, and we'll we'll do it every week from now on. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there was um, a lot of uh, frustration when Lewis Dunk uh, pulled the goal back for Brighton. Now, uh, Rich's reaction on Twitter was one of ignominy. He was not very happy, and that had essentially been framed as United letting Brighton back into the game, having failed to kill it off. I mean, what was the general mood in the stadium after Brighton pulled that goal back? Um, I, I must confess, I didn't actually see the goal. I wasn't looking at that time because this guy, beh- <laughs> Great. This guy behind me, uh, dropped something in, in into my row and then fell on me. So I was literally just like, oh yeah. And it, but I saw, I saw, I saw the ball hit the back of the net, and there was this just this immediate reaction of like, oh, yeah, here we go again. Uh, I actually wrote about this a couple of weeks ago where United are just so brittle, we don't react well at all under pressure. We've seen it so many times this season that everyone, I think, was mm. just thinking the same thing, like this this could now be a slog. Even though we've been completely on top, totally controlling the game, suddenly it felt like, yeah, we could be in trouble here. But 
to be fair, we all re- we reacted really well. Score pretty much straight away. Good goal, and then that third goal of ours obviously just killed Brighton completely. I think. I mean, it's, it's the response you want to see in those sort of situations. And as you mentioned, yeah, United's confidence has been so brittle, mirror setback, and we really do struggle. And the games that we've drawn this season. You know, Wolves, Liverpool, Arsenal. There's uh, another one. Oh, Southampton. Yeah, we've been ahead in each of those games and been pegged back. And it, just think about if we hadn't, if we just held on. Mm. You know, it, it, the season would be looking completely different now, wouldn't it? Well, it wouldn't be looking quite as bad as... Yeah, we're currently sitting seventh, but we are nine points behind City. And that's not ideal. No. So... It's a long way back to get even to get. I mean, it's it's to the point where you're thinking maybe Europa League is our best route into Europe. I mean, I've been thinking that for like a month, yeah. dude. But then, then again, you know, I mean, it is you know, yeah, nine points. It seems a lot, but you know, no, it's, it's still a long way to go. Uh, I don't think we're, we're consistent enough to really challenge for top four. But then, who knows? I mean, it's not a great league, is it really? Uh, I mean, well, the, um, annoyingly, the team that currently sits atop it are very yeah, good, no. which is a. Yeah, incredibly frustrating. You know, a quick sidestep uh, over to City Liverpool yesterday. One of my favourite things, and I'm not saying I enjoy watching Liverpool win because, you know, who the hell enjoys that? That's disgusting. Um, One of my favourite things in football is watching Pep Guardiola fail. Just lose his shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that passive-aggressive handshake to Michael Oliver. Thank you so much. Then the temerity in the post-match press conference to say, oh, no, I wasn't sarcastic. No, 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 no. Me? Sarcastic? No. Good grief. I love it. And just the the ridiculous reaction... When Bernardo Silva got that goal back, oh the man, Basel, the Basel faulty look. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a winner, isn't he? And and I guess that's that that he's not. And also, he's really not used to losing very much at all. It'll be interesting to see how no, no, how no. he reacts sort of long term over the course of this season because they've got a few issues at City, really, haven't they? With with having not bought a couple of defenders in the summer, the fullbacks aren't playing brilliantly, goalkeeper issues. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure they're even going to finish second at this rate. Um. Well, again, if we're going to talk about teams doing annoyingly well, Leicester are actually giving anyone a good run for the money at the minute, apart from us, because they couldn't beat us, though. No. Couldn't beat us. Nor could Liverpool. I mean, does that make us possibly the best team in the one of the best teams in the league? Maybe. I mean, who am I to say? I mean, annoyingly, like the, the teams that are in and around us at the minute, it's all the teams above us played Arsenal, drew with them. Beat Chelsea, beat Leicester, drew with Liverpool. None of the teams above us have actually beaten us. No. Obviously, we play Sheffield United in our uh, next game back after the international break. So that could change. But still, given how frustrating we have been against so-called lesser sides and how many points we've dropped in those situations, we've actually been pretty solid against the nominal better sides so mm. far in the league, which is a bit frustrating. But there we go. Anyway, Pep Guardiola failing. Magnificent. Fantastic, hilarious. Yeah. Very much enjoy it. Yeah. Marcus Rashford then, uh, probably for me the brightest spark of this uh, these last few weeks, just purely because. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, yeah, yeah, there's an element that you know Martial coming back into fitness and form as well because he's been playing some great football lately. That certainly helped, and Rich remarked on his uh, ability to hold the ball up and how much that brings Dan James and Rashford into the game, and that's obviously vital. But at the same time, you compare him with what he was playing like towards what. 
late September, early October, and it's a world away, isn't it? He just looks so much more confident. Yes, there are bits and sort of things that you need to sand down with this game, and that miss in, in the second half was not fantastic. But the way he took that goal, just smashing it in against the crossbar, and that goal against Chelsea in particular, that free kick, yeah. it's just a, the sparks back, isn't it? Yeah, Paul? it is, that, absolutely. And, and the one at the weekend was kind of a similar finish to the one against Partizan, where he just absolutely battered it into the goal oh yes but his movement's fantastic as well because it, it, it's body language as well when you you know against Newcastle and which was kind of the the real low point before the, the last international break his body language was awful he just looked and I don't mean that in a negative way like he wasn't trying because I saw a few people on Twitter saying that that was always clearly bollocks he was trying and it mm. wasn't working and his confidence was shot He's gone away for an international break, scored a good goal, and he's just come back a different player. And you can see with every game that he plays, with every goal that he scores, he's sort of walking taller, looking so much more confident. Um, he's, he, he made a couple of runs yesterday, which were fantastic to see. His link-up play with Marcel in particular was brilliant. And the way that, that the three of them, him, uh, James and Martial, kind of interchange and swap positions and stuff is, is fantastic as well so I'm dead pleased for him because obviously you want your homegrown players to do well I think he's got bundles of talent and it, it mm. just wasn't working out for him but it wasn't working out for a lot of players back in sort of September time and with a, with a decent fire, firing on all cylinders Marcus Rashford then we and Martial we're a different team yeah absolutely I mean yeah, I am excited for the idea of Pogba coming back into this side at the minute. You know, I think that he can certainly add something to it. Who does he replace? With you a more settled, oh Pereira. Yeah, I was going to say straight yeah, away. Me I mean, there's you don't take McTominay and no. Fred out of the midfield with the way they're playing at the moment. Not for the bigger games in particular. Obviously, you've got to rotate a little yeah. bit. But those to be should be the nominal two midfielder. P- players and then you've got Pogba a little bit ahead of them I mean what else is there to do give Pogba the license I mean what's the point I mean why not absolutely. like he might be going in the summer why not try and have some fun with yeah, him for a absolutely. change absolutely and he you know hopefully you would think he would enjoy that a hell of a lot more than than playing this sort of unnatural game that he's been asked to play by successive managers um, mm. where he's sat in front of the defence and because with Pogba you know he is He's such a creative player, but he's also a player that takes huge risks. And you want that in a player like Pogba because that's what he's good at. And when the risks come off, then it, it can be exhilarating. Um, but if he's doing that in front of his back four, it can lead to all sorts of nightmares. Whereas if he's got that that solid base of Fred McTominay or whoever it might be behind him, happy days, let, let your hair down, mate. If it, Obviously, it's going to take him a little while to get back to match fitness. We, we appreciate that. Mm. But if he can stay fit and... and and play in that position, and he could make a huge difference. He really could. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do appreciate that Pereira's had a couple of bright moments, and I'm not saying he wasn't deserving of that goal, but I do think that there's still not enough of a player at the minute when everyone is fully fit to justify him starting ahead of many others at the moment. And that really, I don't like saying that. No. I would love it if we actually had a real player in Pereira and you could see what he was bringing to the side on a consistent basis. But I just I don't think it's ever really going to be there at the level that we really want him to get to. And that's the thing, that's... isn't it? You can't see it. Like sometimes some players, you, you can they're not doing it, but you can see it's in there somewhere. Yeah, I mean McTominay and Fred are interesting examples. Like he, Fred, the perfect example for him was PSG. Yeah, you know, absolutely. he got stuck in. He won the ball back and he passed it on quickly, and he was an excellent presence at closing the game down. Yeah. McTominay, it's. Definitely been more apparent this season in particular in terms of the way he's stepped up. He's played more frequently. He's been more physical. He's used the ball better. and He's got a bit of a better eye for goal as well, 
with Pereira, the only flashes you see have been the occasional uh, free kick here and there. I mean, he's caught a great goal against Southampton last season, but apart from that, I've seen nothing to suggest anything beyond that that you really could chuck him into this United side every single game and you'll be guaranteed to get something out of it. No, absolutely. Anyway, but we're getting really down on him though. I mean, yeah, there's other good stuff to talk about. You know, I mean, we, we look forward, I guess. You know, the international break is here. We don't really want it to be here right now. Got Sheffield United in a couple of weeks. How's that going to go? Oh, it's going to be really tough, isn't it? You know, yeah. you, you have to take your hat off to Sheffield United. They've been brilliant this season. It's not fluke. They're, they're playing really well. They've got excellent manager. Obviously away from home as well. Would you take a draw? I'm not sure if... I mean, obviously we want to win, but it's a really tough fixture and not many not many teams go there and get, get points, so... Um, this sounds cliche as hell, but it really does depend which United side turns yeah. up. You know, if we get a performance similar to the one against Bournemouth, then we're on for a hiding to nothing because you know, Sheffield have got enough quality and enough fight in order to shut down that sort of game. So if we do let a scruffy goal in like we did against Josh King, of course it was going to be Josh King against Bournemouth, then we're on for, we're on for a really tough evening's work. But having said that, if we are able to get the likes of Martial, Dan James and Rashford on the ball and use it well and make sure we stay relatively solid at the back, then, yeah, there's no reason why we can't make something happen. That's really hedging my bets, but still, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult because you just... That Bournemouth game just worries me a bit. It, just the fact that that sort of performance is still in there. I think it's going to take a while for us to really eradicate that from our system. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And until that happens, I'm not sure what we're going to get on that instance. But, we, you know, we, it's fine. You know, we've got that game, we've got Astana following that, and then it's uh, Villa followed by Spurs, followed by City going into December. So yeah, there's a, a lot of very, very interesting games to come, Paul. I'm, I'm feeling a bit better about it, though, after this last batch of fixtures. What about you? Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, w- I was never only out at any point. Uh, I could see why people were. I always thought that with the, with the, the players who were injured to come back and um, the players who were out of form to hopefully uh, improve, I always thought we had a decent first team here, but the worry is the squad, the thinness of the squad, the quality or the lack of quality sort of behind that first team. He's going to have to rotate a bit, I think. But then, like you said, with the Europa League, you could probably afford to do that. These are, these are tough run of fixtures. But then again, Spurs, I mean, what a, what a mess they're in. They're probably in a worse mess than us. Um, and then City, I think City can be got at, you know. Um, obviously, again, away, away form is a big concern still. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, why not be, be a bit more confident now? We, we've earned it. We've, we've had a decent run of form other than that Bournemouth game. I guess the Bournemouth game really did kick me in the teeth a little bit because United lulled me into thinking that maybe we turned a corner. And, you know, it, it's not going to be plain sailing. You know, it, uh, I, I keep hearkening forward to December in terms of how many games we got to play. You know, the, the Europa League ones aren't particularly important now. We, we're most we're, we're through. We most likely are going to top the group. Not that it makes too much of a difference who we're going to play either way. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. But you know, we got Colchester as well in the cup, which could lead to a semi final. Which you know they they've been pretty thin on the ground over the last six yeah. years. So I'm not going to look that gift horse in the mouth. I'd love to see us get through to the uh, semis of the Carabao Cup, which could potentially be against Everton, Leicester City, or the Scousers. Uh, I'll take, Imagine that two-legged tie. I, oh, I don't want to. I hate that. I hate, just hate those games. I mean, I love them in a way, yeah. but the, the 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 nerves and the tension are just horrific, aren't they? 
Um, but that, that's obviously that's what you that's what it's all about. That's what football's about, and that's they're the games you want. The thing with United, I think this season we're going to have to accept that we're going to have ups and downs, and it's whether the players can accept that and how they deal with it. So the Bournemouth game performances like that can just come from nowhere and surprise everyone. But then you need to sort of pick yourself up and and react to it well, which we've done this time. It's it's about not turning those those poor performances into big sort of slumps like we saw before the last international break. So hopefully the players have shown and shown themselves and shown the manager and shown the crowd and everything that they can react better to setbacks and that's that will be the, the pattern going forward. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's just you're absolutely right. It's so difficult to predict anything with United at the moment. You don't want to start getting too excited. Because how many times over the last six years have we thought, here we go, this is, this is a corner, we turned a corner, and then all our hopes been dashed. False Dawn FC. But exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that's a fantastic point about the way that United were actually able to turn the performance around after Bournemouth and the fact that they reacted to it in a positive manner. So that was really good to mm. see. But yeah, in terms of that Carabao Cup uh, semi-final, 10 years it'll be when we get around to January since we had City... In that League oh, Cup semi-final, God, I remember Old Trafford. Unbelievable! I was there with my brother that night. Oh, I was there behind the City fans. We, in the stand. It was the, mad. The atmosphere, I mean, and that's that's one of the best atmospheres I think I've ever heard at Old Trafford. Yep, just absolutely electric. They, like you're absolutely right. They're the games that you want to play, and if you're going to win cups, you have to beat the best. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in particular that night. I mean, that was those were the days where the the, uh, the ticker was still up on the yeah. Stratford end, showing how long it had been since City won a trophy. Uh, retired now, uh, you know, younger listeners, you know, ask your father, I'm sure they do. <laughs> um, but yeah, the atmosphere that night was incredible, wasn't it? It felt like winning the World Cup. Yeah, the whole Carlos Tevez thing, and it felt mm-hmm. like it felt it, it felt so important, didn't it? And it was important, you know. But at the time, uh-huh. it felt yeah. like everyone was talking about noisy neighbours. Everyone was talking about the the tide sort of turning in Manchester. We, we didn't let it happen that on that particular occasion. Obviously, since then things have changed. But yeah, it was absolutely magnificent, magnificent. That's what fo- mm. they're the nights football is all about. They're the ones you remember, and that's where we want to get back to. Yeah, sounds good. I'll be up for that. Well, on that wave of nostalgia, I guess we'll leave it there for the week. Great stuff. (laughs) Cheers, Paul, as always, for your company. Take care, mate. Guys, thank you very much for listening. And don't forget, you can get us all over Twitter, should you so wish. You can get me at you and Lennett. You can get Paul at PaulGunning1. You can get Rich at Rich Red Voices. The pod at Red Voices MUFC. And the blog at RedVoices.net, where you'll find more wonderful work by our good friend Paul Gunning. He's uh, pretty good at the whole words thing. Guys, have have yourselves a superb international break. We'll be back in a fortnight. Bye-bye. 